Well, guys, now we're at the point of WandaVision where we start peeling back the curtain. We are taking a look at what is really going on in this little bubble world of, of Westview. Is that the name of the town? Eastview. And we're in Westview, though. Right, Eastview right. The real town. Westview. Westview. These people don't even remember a Westview existing. No. We get a clear picture of what's going on. Um, we got to see our first real uh, view of what it looked like of people returning from the blip, the five-year disappearance. Uh, we get a little bit of sword. We get a little bit of um, MCU X-Files. Jimmy Woo is learning some of them Ant-Man magic tricks. Darcy is back. Wanda is playing Weekend at Bernie's with Vision. It's kind of fucked <laughs> up, but it's going to be a fun episode to discuss. Uh, welcome Dear viewers, dear listeners, to MCU Pod, a companion podcast for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and alongside me is my co-host, Mike Moody Garcia. Hey, how's it going, guys? Mike, how is it going? It's okay. I um, had a busy day, and I just watched this right before jumping on the mic, so I'm going to have a hot, hot, fresh hot take for you. In, in Inferno take. <laughs> the hottest. Uh, I love X-Men Inferno. Was that a reference? Uh, oh, uh, yes. Yes. Sure. That will be. <laughs> I have a Cyclops over here. He's real tiny. I don't know if you can see him. Oh, you man, look at that little, little decoration <laughs> there. Ah, nice. He's very tiny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of convenient that it's like 22 episodes or 22 minutes an episode then if you guys got to quickly binge it. <laughs> very. Yeah. You can cut it right down to the wire. And uh, folks, we are joined this week by our buddy Clyde Haynes, host of the podcast This Is Us with Key and Clyde, as well as co-host alongside us at Star Trek Discovery Pod. Clyde, how's it going? It's going well, man. I'm glad to be here. Talk a little MCU, a little WandaVision. Uh -huh. It's going to be good. Yeah. Um, we haven't gotten a chance to you know, sit down with you on the pod or off the pod to just chat about this show. And... I think this is a good one to get to talk about because I feel like up until this point, there have been some people that are on the fence, not really knowing uh, because of the gimmick. And now that that's being peeled back, I think it's selling a lot more people on the show. Look, I I'm excited to talk to you about this one. And I'm so thankful you didn't invite me on the others because I was confused most of the time. And now I'm like, oh, now I finally understand what's going on. All right. This is cool. <laughs> Um, well, before we get into all that, I want to say uh, to you guys listening and watching, tonight we are streaming live our show, and we try to do this every week, live every Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, because we're recording this out of Austin, Texas. We like to do a live show over on YouTube, and we invite you to come join us. You can check out the stream. You can join in on the chat, and if you post chat questions up on the uh, during the episode we can drop them right in here that's like this uh current says my favorite episode for sure and we'd love to have you come join us so be sure to go and subscribe over on youtube and you can even hit that notification button so when we go live you get an email it's nice and convenient that way uh we also want to mention that we are doing a discussion of wanda episode wandavision episode four and there will be full-on spoilers for no. we're gonna dive into right, it. i'm out of here spoilers no. oh shit we lost clyde we're also gonna do probably some light speculation some easter eggs some theorizing um about what's going on what what we can expect going forward in this show but before we dive into all that mike can you let people know a little bit about 
other ways that could support this podcast. Yeah, you can subscribe here on YouTube and on Apple. That really helps us out. Spotify, we also have an audio version of this podcast. Um, and you can rate and review us on Apple. If you're watching us live right now on YouTube, toss us some comments in the chat uh, and some questions. And be sure to type capital P-O-D, capital pod, if you want us to maybe mention your comment or question on the pod a little later. Oh, we got a we got a five star review. We did. I had to zoom in on you because so that people could see that sweet little cyclops back there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We got wow. Okay. You want me to read this review? Yeah. By Nan Nagumo, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh oh, it's a Discovery Pod listener who is listening to MCU Pod. They say the funny and smart Star Trek Discovery Pod team now brings the same humor and smarts to phase four of the MCU. Grant Davis and Mike Garcia have an easy camaraderie, and the guests they've had so far added valuable insight. I'm looking forward to their continuing podcast episodes for the rest of the inaugural season of WandaVision and beyond. beyond. Well, if he's looking, or if they are looking for wonderful insight from me, then they're going to be disappointed. That's- Me too, because I just finished watching this, and I'm still, <laughs> I, I'm still kind of like sitting with it. But yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm good with you digesting it live mm-hmm. here for us. Uh, I, I think I'm not. Be- it makes me very nervous. I'm okay, like, they'll, they'll be nervous, man. It's fine. There's, there's, there's no stakes. Low stakes episode here. Um, <laughs> I do also want to say that we do technically have a Patreon now. Uh, Patreon.com/slash MCU Pod. Uh, there's no rewards yet. We don't really have much of a structure there. If you want to throw us a couple bucks there, but uh, we're, we're not officially promoting that until we have a little bit more kind of fleshed out, but it is there. So uh, patreon.com slash MCU pod. We, we appreciate the support that said, let's go ahead and dive in on this week's episode. This one was titled. We interrupted this program. And I think they held on to that title until they released this episode. And we weren't saying what it was beforehand. I have a question about that. Like, yeah, like they held off on giving us the the titles of the last few episodes along with this one. But I look back on the last few episode titles that they released like post air date. And they're not all that spoilery. I mean, they're very clever after you've seen the episode. But I, I, you think it's just a gimmick to drum up like anticipation or are they really worried about? spoiling the content of the episode with the titles i think they're pretty protective of all of this yeah but even even with we interrupt this program i think that is a good indicator of what we end up getting this episode which is a break from that regular structure of of what's going on in the the television world of of wandavision uh we now get these characters on the side so i guess they're protecting it i guess they showed think... no images of this episode like prior to either. In fact, like mm-hmm. the initial thumbnail that I had on YouTube for this episode was from an episode that hasn't aired. I was wrong about it, so I had to go and switch that out. Is that I mean, is that Marvel being protective or is that just your negligence? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you I'm lazy, Greg. Right. You gonna take that? <laughs> I, I can because it's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, this episode, episode four, was written by Jack Schaefer and directed once again by Matt Shackman. The synopsis from, from them for this episode is Monica, Monica Rambeau, tasked with a special assignment regarding sentient weapons, 
goes missing. Very informative. <laughs> Once again, I think they're really keeping their cards close to their vest, as I think that's the expression. Um, I keep yeah. fidgeting. I'm sorry. I have new glasses, and they're throwing me off. They're, they look good. Are those clear? Those look nice. They are. Look at the, we're the clear babies. I was trying to figure out what it was. I thought maybe you just got a haircut. I did yeah. get a haircut too. See? Yeah. And you I shaved my beard. Lots of changes going on. I got rid of that nasty mustache I had too. I like your mustache so much. I'm sorry. I'm so sad. What podcast am I on right now? I, I feel like I'm looking at, at uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm looking at dead vision in front yeah. of me because I miss the. I'm not ready to talk about that. That was creepy. I miss the mustache. <laughs> that was creepy. And I'm throwing this off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. Um, we got uh, we got some nice glasses and haircut <laughs> comments for you. So it's relevant, <laughs> I guess. Um, I cut it myself. I'm not going to a barber yet. I'm afraid of the COVID. So. Let's go ahead and jump into talking about the episode itself. On our last on our Star Trek show, we used to call them hot freaks, a playoff of hot takes. But we haven't really come up with something else clever to do. I mean, there was the hot Starks, but I feel that's like just taking it an extra level deep and then, then it might merit explanation each time. I Is there know. a character in the MCU that rhymes with take? Mm. Blake? Isn't there a, isn't there a Blake? Blake? There's got to be a Blake. I'm sure there's hot a Blake. Blakes. Hot Blakes. <laughs> we can call it Hot Blake. But <laughs> and then, and Blake and some to. geek out there would be like, wow, these guys know what's up. They're referencing Blake. From ep, you know, issue two hundred twelve of Doctor Strange, we'll be like, yes, we are. You know what? Here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna take a suggestion from uh, one of our listening audience, and we're gonna do hot hexagons, hot hexagons. Uh, Clyde, you know what? You're the guest. We're gonna let you take it away because we don't even know your your take overall on this show. So what do you think? Oh, wait, before wait before before Clyde goes real quick. Okay, Will Morris says we should do hot quake. <gasps> I thought that was you have to remember Quake <laughs> because of Agents of Shield. Ah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm uh, sort of forget. One vote for Hot Quake. Two, two votes. Hot Quake. Hot Quake. That's it. It's Hot Quake. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us, Claude? Okay, like I said earlier, um, this this is the area of the MCU that I'm probably the least familiar with. So the first few episodes was like. Huh, what? And so I had to talk to um, a a buddy of mine who's even more geekier than I am, who was able to clue me in on kind of what was going on. And then when he kind of gave me a, some background, I was like, okay, now I understand. That being said, I thought this was the perfect, I don't know, explanation episode. I thought that really should have been the name of it. I loved it. Um, I love the episode because now I felt like I was rooted in, here's what you've been seeing, here's what's going on. Now you're grounded and you can enjoy the details and the Easter eggs that everybody else has been enjoying who who was deep it, down the rabbit hole. And so seeing kind of the Monica Rambo character or Geraldine and understanding that backstory and the tie into the movies, I loved it all. Like I was like, okay, now we're now we're talking about what's going on. I if I never see Dead Vision again, I'm okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. But being able to understand kind of what was going on, I still don't know why. 
and I'm I'm searching for heroes and villains. Who's the hero? Who's the villain? Um, but I'm I'm tethered to the show now. Now, like now, I'm like really into what's gonna happen next. I love kind of Jimmy Woo of <laughs> Randall Park. I love him. I mean, I just I think he's been like between Randall Park and Cat Denning. I was thinking. These are some excellent additions to the to the cast, and now we've got this inside outside kind of world. Um, yeah, no, it's it's actually gotten really fascinating to me. I, I I think I'm I'm surprised that they took a gamble and they went four episodes deep without kind of bringing noobs along, right? Like if you're deep into the MCC the MCU like universe you you knew what was going on you got it it made a lot of sense if you were newer to it or even remotely casual you were lost and they just kept going until this episode i think it was risky but i think it's going to pay off i mean that's an excellent point uh mike you are fresh off of watching this episode right. what, what's your hot what was it um hot quake oh it looks like a uh, psycho reviewer that psycho reviewer is claiming actual credit for this. So uh, credit. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your hot quick? Hot quick. And I came up with that hot quick. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say that I was both amazed and disappointed by this episode. Um, let's start with the disappointed. The only reason I was disappointed was because I had been really, um, and I think a lot of people are, were, were, uh, we might sound like a minority because we're not complaining very loudly, but I think a lot of people are really enjoying the the sitcom trope, um, the experimental sitcom trope of this uh, this series. It was unexpected, and I if you go back to our previous episodes of the pod, I've been lauding how how brilliantly executed and how uh, perfect our two leads are cast for this type of show. This um, sitcom comedy that has a lot of darker layers to it, right. That are bubbling to the surface. And I really been enjoying that. Um, and I, I like it when shows and TV, um, TV and movies take a detour and give you something that's just unexpected. And that's what we were getting here. And it was so, it felt so experimental, but um, with this episode, we kind of went back to the regular MCU that we've been seeing for the past, you know, decade or so. Uh, it's a place I love to be, but I I was hoping that we would get more of the uh, the experimental sitcom artifice in this episode. Uh, but I to go to get on the positive side, I was amazed that uh, we got so much exposition about what kind of what was going on from the outside looking in. Um, but the exposition was a lot of fun, and uh, and it it focused on three characters that two of them we were introduced to before, or did we know Monica Rambeau before this? I know she was a kid. We, we, yeah, we knew we the knew kid version. Kid. Yeah. We saw the kid version of her in Captain Marvel, but uh, it brought back Randall Park as um, Jimmy agent. Huh? Agent Jimmy Wu. Jimmy Wu. Yeah. Agent Wu. Yeah. Who uh, just for a number of reasons we'll get into is so much fun to watch. And then we got Darcy back. One of the funniest characters from the the Thor series. One of the more redeemable things about the Thor series, post or pre 
um, Ragnarok. Uh, Ragnarok for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got uh, to see Monica Rambeau and lots of hints towards what happened um, to her, not just to her, but how, how sword came to be. We got like references to her mom, possibly being a superhero setting up sword. And then to see like uh, the, the moment, People came back from the blip was amazing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of great stuff that we saw in the regular, you know, kind of been there, done that MCU world that I really appreciated. But I wanted to see more crazy Wanda sitcom stuff for sure. But also this episode didn't tell us a lot. Like I, we didn't learn a lot of new information about what is going on in the sitcom world and why. All we know is that Wanda is either in charge of it or has a lot of power inside of it and is conscious of what's happening. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're at the halfway mark, so it makes sense for them not to reveal all their cards yet. Uh, but it's, it's still whetting my appetite to find out more. Yeah. Uh, for my hot quake, I, hot quake. I love the timing of this. I think that they, they took a gamble. Like Clyde, you were saying, with pushing so much of the TV show structure narrative, which is a little bit jarring and weird because we're seeing some background kind of nefarious stuff going on, right? Like, so it's, it's not just straight up sitcom. It's layers that the, the audience is aware of. And I think you can only pull that stunt too long before an audience gets frustrated with you for like fucking with them. So, this was a smart call that we pull back the curtain. We get this reveal of what's going on. And I do still think that we're going to get a little bit of um, that uh, return to that structure. I wouldn't be surprised if next week we do get that eighties episode and it's, it's once again playing into that. But now we know a lot more of the machinations going on behind the scenes. People are trying to reach out to her. They're not sure what's going on with this weird bubble under the dome world that she's constructed here i'm not sure if she's had a psychological break or whatever um and like you're saying like they brought in um three background characters that we are already kind of familiar with operating in this world and they already made something so intriguing there was a glimmer of a an x-files fringe-esque um investigation duo that could be set up here or even trio if we say um, Darcy, Monica, and uh, Jimmy Wu, like working together. Wouldn't that be so awesome <laughs> to have a whole spinoff series from this? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. I thought that these episodes are so painfully short. If you're, if we're no longer beholden to the 30 minute sitcom structure of those first three episodes, you better fucking give me an hour. I need it, baby. I need the whole hour. So I was I was a little bit sad when it ended so soon, but otherwise I think there's still a lot of interesting things that we got revealed here, and I'm excited to talk about them this week. I, I gotta agree with you, Grant. I was disappointed that it end when it ended, and that to me that's that's the mark of a really good episode is when you're like, ah, that's it. Mm -hmm. ah, I wanted some more, um, and I'm also I I am not as tied into the whole marvel sitcom i for the most part i kept watching like what the hell am i watching um like 
I, give me something here. Though I am curious about the 80s. And I am trying to wonder, you know, are we going to have like a Wanda Vision full house episode? So it, right? or- I mean, I'm 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 curious and I'm looking forward to it. Now we're getting into kind of some more interesting things. But um, yeah, I just I, I was I enjoyed this episode. Like I keep Here's saying, Magnum for the full PI. Magnum <laughs> PI would be great. I want to see Vision with that mustache. Um, yeah, Full House. I keep saying we have an Olsen in the cast. We do. We could use a Full House episode. That's got to wait to the 90s, right? When was that? 89? Was 90s? Late 80s, early late 90s, 90s, for sure. That show lasted forever. It's still going on. I think it might be back. It's, it's, it's back. It's been cool. back. Well, let's... Let's talk about this a little bit chronologically, this episode. I think sure. it, it warrants it, especially since I want to talk about that cold open. The Monica Rambo forming back from the dust. What did you guys think? My, um, I was I was pretty excited about it. Um, we've never seen that uh, point of view mm-hmm. up from the blip, right? Mm-hmm. So Marvel is so smart in giving us things that we didn't even know we wanted, right? We want all this like extra material. We want to go back in time and see from the the point of view of you know the, the ground point of view what did it look like? What did it feel like when people came back from the blip, right? We've had like jokes about it in um in the Spider-Man movie, the last Spider-Man movie. We even had some visual references about it in, in that movie that were fun, but here it was done in a much more dramatic way. And it reminded me of something like the leftovers, um, something that was a little, little more, uh, a little deeper, right? It definitely um, but, tone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was executed so well dramatically, but it was also fun to watch that, to go back and watch that bit of lore from the MCU that we love so much that we've never really uh, gotten to chew on before. So I, I love that, and I love that it set up that the first half of the episode at least was going to follow Monica's journey and, uh, and let us know who she is. Will Morris says, I like that opening, but reemerging from the blip could be a bit awkward. What if you were mid bump and grind? Yeah. What are the rules here? Like, yeah. that's, that's one of those things I was thinking too. I'm like, what if you were flying in an airplane when you disappeared you pop right back up 3000 feet in the <laughs> air, no plane beneath you. <laughs> <laughs> were people falling to their death? Were people reappearing in a place where you know five years ago they're living off the grid, and now their electricity doesn't work, and they're going to starve to death somewhere? I don't yeah. know. It could we, be very weird. Yeah, no, we I, we could talk about that. We could make up so many scenarios, and we'd be here all night. Like, I don't even want to start go down that road. No, but I I like some of the things you said, Mike, because I love the the cold open. Because it filled in some pieces. And I think if, if you remember back, thinking about Marvel, we had to watch Iron Fist, right, <laughs> to get through. Because you'd watch all of them because it was intertwined and you wanted to get the bits and pieces, right? And even when we talk about Star Trek pod, we you, you want to watch all the Star Trek kind of series because they will reflect and you get bits and pieces. No one does it better than Marvel, though. And I think what you saw was it, it, it almost, I don't want to say force, but it encourages you 
to stay up to date and see all the things that you're looking at because you're getting some, you're filling in some pieces from the movie. So if you were watching Endgame and you're like, man, I've got questions, then you absolutely should be watching WandaVision. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like you're, you're going to get some of those things kind of filled in and you're going to go back and go, okay, you know, and they, they've, like I said, three episodes in, you're kind of like, what the hell is happening? And to that very moment where Geraldine mentions Ultron and you're like, wait, what? Now you're at a point where they're like, okay, we're going to reward you. Now we're going to explain to you exactly who Geraldine slash Monica is. And they did, I thought they did a really good job of going, Hey, here's what happened, right? He let, let's, if you're trying to figure out what happened after Captain Marvel, boom, here you are. Like they just pulled the pieces, the puzzle pieces together and rewarded you for staying with them. I loved it. Right. Like now I'm reminded of the end of um, Infinity War when after the credits, we get the scene where um, Samuel Jackson, what's his character's name? Nick Fury. When Nick Fury uh, sees the whole world going to chaos because people start getting dusted and helicopters, mm-hmm. we see like the real world ramifications, and it's not just um, what's happening on Thanos's planet where people mm-hmm. are like disappearing or in the woods of Wakanda. Um, so you see like just like chaos all around, and that chaos happens again. And but you know what the part is I loved the most about this. It has been a whole year that we got no Marvel movies in 2020. It's been a whole year we didn't get um, uh, any Marvel TV shows. And so when that happened, this was the first episode of WandaVision that happened in the full um, what, full frame, what, full frame uh, domestic ratio. Screen. It was very cinematic instead of kind of quirky comedy. And when that hits the music and the title card for the Marvel, the dun 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 dun, 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 dun and I'm like <gasps> chills over my body. I like I didn't realize how much I need that as like a fanboy. <laughs> yeah, had they they'd not been doing that right, running the uh, the title card, the Marvel title I card. Think they had it right in the other, one, but it like it doesn't have it, the same dramatic punch. Okay, no. yeah, it it they it definitely felt different than if they had been doing it for this show yeah it felt like oh shit i'm watching a movie yeah Yeah. Mm, Mm -hmm. it's so good um okay so we get to see sword sword is no longer uh well the acronym for sword now stands for sentient weapon observations response division they have a sweet barn out in the middle of of the green country um and when we see monica come back there we we're revealed that it's been three weeks since the blip since she's returned and and half of the population has returned and now we have a timeline for when wandavision's occurring it is three weeks after the big battle against thanos which you know it's crazy to think about like why when i think someone i read a comment where someone was mapping like when she's running down the hallway and she learns about her mom dying from that doctor that's like the exact moment that thanos came and blew up uh the uh, Avengers headquarters, right? Like, Oh, that shit's going on while everyone's panicking in this hospital. But yeah, so it's been three weeks and we're getting a little bit of a glimpse of what must've happened as detectives piecing together Wanda's timeline that led her to creating this trauma bubble in Westview. 
Yeah, I love that we get a timeline here. Um, it, again, I think at this point, we definitely need to be a little more grounded. And I was complaining a little bit earlier that we didn't get a lot of questions answered in this episode. We still really don't know the underlying uh, force behind all this. Mm. We think it's Wanda, but I don't think it's only Wanda. Hmm. Um, but the episode did manage to to give us uh, some solid ground in terms of where we are in the MCU timeline, and and that felt good. You know, it uh, like Clyde was saying earlier, a lot of this has been pretty disorienting, and even for us, even for me, who is loving the sitcom stuff, I was still kind of like, okay, I need uh, I, I need some more solid footing right here, and and this definitely helped. I do want to say that. I have been reading some takes online and some friends too who are not really into the MCU but have been enjoying WandaVision hmm. and yeah. have been enjoying like going back and researching and, and using that Marvel Wikipedia to figure out what's going on and and kind of like we used to do back in the day with Lost, you know, try and, try and jump on the boards and figure stuff out. Doing, um, hopefully Mike? it'll role reversal. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it'll inspire them to go back, uh, back to the movies. But I want to say that at the beginning, like if, if you're new to the MCU and you saw the, the blip in this episode and people getting undusted or whatever, mm. you're probably like very confused. And your your perspective was probably like, is this what happens when they get out of the sitcom world? You know, so it might it might have been confusing right. for those people. Wow. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of them out there. And I'm interested in looking and seeing their takes on this. I was a little bit we, we see this. um we see this picture of Monica Rambeau's mom, Maria Rambeau here. Uh, let me put the, let me put some images on the screen, um, which this is a beautiful shot here of her reemerging from the dust. It looks so good. Uh, but we get this uh, little memorial photo of Maria Photon Rambeau. And it seems like she went on from the events of Captain Marvel to be one of the leaders, maybe a, even potentially a founder of S.W.O.R.D. It's a little unclear what her role is, but that she was very high up and she even made um, she made plans for what to do if people ever came back from the blip. So she's no longer here, but her name Photon, uh, that name is later taken on by Monica Rambeau when she becomes a superhero herself in, in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see if we get a little piece of that here in this show. I, I'm kind of doubting they'll go that direction. I think uh, we'll probably see it in the next Captain Marvel movie because at the beginning of this episode, I don't know if you guys noticed, I had my subtitles on, but um, Monica is hearing different people talk to her, maybe in memories as she's getting unblipped or getting pieced together in that scene. And Carol Danvers was one of the voices that she hears talking to her. Oh, mm. dang. Good catch. Yeah. Nice, I, there was the part where she's talking to her current boss, I guess. And there, the back and forth was kind of in regards to whatever her previous job was. And it sounds like she was an astronaut or doing something up in space and had come back down probably to see her mom who was sick in the hospital when she got dusted, but that she was eager to get back up there and she's been grounded and put on X-Files duty with Jimmy Woo. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious, like what exactly she was doing. Cause the only other scene we've seen of sword 
is at the end of Spider-Man 2? Was with it Nick Spider-Man Fury. 2? Yeah. Or Nick Fury's like up on the ship uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, with S.W.O.R.D. and he's pretending to be on vacation, but he's actually up there with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm telling you, she was up there hanging out with Captain Marvel. Yeah. I'm it, having a good time. Yeah. Um, we also get the... We get introduced to Jimmy Woo, who's hanging out at the border of Westview. And we're not introduced. We get a return of Randall Park as Jimmy Woo. But if you haven't seen the Ant-Man movies, I guess you might not be as familiar with his character. Sort of a... Um, a background character who's kind of investigating Ant-Man. He's great. <laughs> He's like immediately charming and he does a magic trick, which was such a great nod to Ant-Man being held in captivity and using his time to learn magic. And Jimmy Woo's like, well, that's awesome. Can you teach me? He's like, no. <laughs> so he learned it himself. That's right. He's like, yeah, this is the kind of guy who like sees something cool that he likes to do and he'll set aside the time to to learn it right it's, yeah. he's a total uh total geek like earlier in like in this in this piece of the episode he uh he was like yeah other kids grew up you know with you know sports legends on their on their wall i, I was interested in elliot ness growing up nerd that that <laughs> is strange just a little bit just i i was captivated by the immediate chemistry um, that he had with Monica Rambo, and yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not the only person who was saying, "Oh, we need them teamed up in a TV show." <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, this would be, I, I mean, you keep saying X Files, but that would be a great spinoff, right? Some sort yeah. of like investigation crew. Like, I mean, Kat- you're gonna need Cat Dennings in there for comedy relief, but like that yeah. trio is that's gold, right? And listen. Right. I'm I'm not I'm not taking shots at Wanda Vision, but I like that trio was just like captivating on screen. We got an answer for that weird yellow and red sword helicopter that we saw in the first episode. The only bit of color, or in episode two, the the splash of color that we got in the bushes, like Pleasantville scene, and it's that uh, Monica's got a bunch of drones that her and sword are just like shipping in there to see if they can grab any data that they can. And this, this could be the very well, the one that went in and Monica or Wanda reshaped it to look a little bit more like a traditional helicopter than this drone. Once it was inside. I was, I was so fascinated with how, when things penetrate the barrier, even when people penetrate the barrier, they automatically visually conform to Mm. the world that she's creating. Like, if she is truly doing this, creating this world, that is like limitless power. That's she doesn't even have to think about it. You know, it just happens. I mean, pretty amazing. That is amazing. But can you explain to me why there's so many sword logos on everything? Why? Why would (laughs) you need? Why do you need branding on a spy drone helicopter? Maybe these aren't used for spying as much. I, I don't mean, know. they were. I mean, at any point, like I, I would think you'd want this thing as nondescript as possible. That's. I think because I'm looking at this and I want to buy the toy. I mean, yes. And it it's painted in the Captain Marvel colors. You can see mm-hmm. that this must be some sort of nod to her relationship with Captain Marvel. It's really cool. She eventually becomes Captain Marvel for a bit, right? 
in the comics, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a good point. Why are they branding their spy drones? I mean, I, I just I looked around and I was like, they've got the sword logo on everything, and so when it when they bring it into kind of Westview, it it changes and it's it's I don't want to say updated. I mean, is there a it's it's you know it's it's made vintage, like you said, Mike. But the sword logo stays on. Like you got sword, <laughs> you got a radiation jacket. You're going in here. Why did you need sword, the sword logo on the back of that thing? We, it's all about marketing. You I mean, gotta be known no, as a protective force. To I mean, your point, I wouldn't mind this toy. Too. Like this looks like this looks like this would be fun. That's yeah, a sweet little drone. If you only want one direction, you can look. You have to kind of. <laughs> look I don't know. I feel like we have better uh, placement for cameras, but yeah, this is the explanation for why we have a helicopter in in the bushes, I guess. And yeah, they're they're just doing a lot of tying up of a lot of the questions and answering things. It's like the opposite of Lost. <laughs> Instead of making more questions all the time, you're answering some. I did a little Lost slam for you. I felt dirty about it because I love that show. <laughs> um, then we get the return of, and I have to scroll a little because I didn't have these in the proper order. Darcy! Kat Dennings returns. We haven't the, seen her since Thor 2, I think. The girl in the chair. The girl in the chair. And, you know, just like Randall Park, immediately charming, comedic, and she's she just controls the scene when she's there with the other expert scientists and she's just kind of making banter and making us, the audience aware of who she is and her bona fides. She, we're sold immediately on her. The, the MCU is such a great place to be because in, in like, think about a Michael Bay movie, right? We'll, we'll get the same scene, but it's just a bunch of boring guys in suits and like um, army oh, uniforms, yeah. like giving us all this exposition. But here, all those guys, you know, those guys we see in a Michael Bay movie or in a regular like control room movie, they fade into the background. And in the foreground, we have really bright, interesting, just quirky characters like Darcy and Jimmy Woo and Monica Rambeau, who takes center stage and we roll with them instead. It, it's just. Well, and I think to add to that, Mike, the dialogue, and it's not, it's not just the words, but when you talk about Jimmy Woo and Kat Denning or Jimmy Woo and Darcy. Um, the the timing, that dialogue timing, the pacing is just right on. And so you're getting these little things that one, you're gonna get from people who have uh, a, a comedic bend, right? So when Darcy's like, Can I can I get that that coffee now? Guess not. Like that is the stuff that that's that's funny. You know, Jimmy Woo, but Grant, to your point, the card and just kind of his his um oh when she asks about the chip and she's like, uh, have you thought about this? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, I thought about a little Jimmy Woo. Like these moments that 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 banter. It's the it's not just the words, but it's that delivery, right? The way he said, the way he delivers it, it it's. It just it, you're, you're captivated and you're like, wow, you were probably, I don't know, fifth or sixth on the call sheet in this on this series. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yet I'm focused in on watching you. Yeah, we're, we're looking at both of these characters now, Jimmy Woo and Darcy. And what I love about them is that they and Monica Rambeau, too. 
they don't disconnect their quirky personalities from their professionalism, right? Mm -hmm. It it's one and the same. They they remain who they are while they're being the best at what they do, and it's really fun to watch. We this episode also seems like it's in a way taking maybe it's taking a jab at people like us <laughs> who go deep into analyzing every single little scene. Oh yeah. But when we see um, all these little, cl Oh, I'm, I'm way off on my, my <laughs> images here. Let me go up. Here we go. Um, when we yeah. see Jimmy Woo writing on the whiteboard and like all of the questions that he's writing, it seems almost like they're talking to us, the audience about the questions we have. Like, why the hexagons? They're mentioning scrolls in there. They're dropping in theories. And he's, and then he also outlines all these attempts that they've made, which we, we also kind of get a, get to see how those attempts were made in the episodes previous, like when he talks over the radio or th flying the drones in. Um, so it, it's cool that the people that are writing this show are that smart and considering how us, the audience are going to see these and what questions we're going to have. And they're kind of hitting, hinting at and addressing those themselves. Yeah. It, it's a wonderful uh, meta commentary on what we do with the MCU, especially with this show. Like I was watching the scene where he's writing down the questions on the board. And these are literal questions that we brought up in the past three episodes. Like why hexagons? Why sitcoms? And we, I think we came up with an idea like, oh, maybe we're seeing he hexagons because Wanda spells, right? Yeah, she yeah. And and you know, I almost, I almost thought Jimmy was going to turn around and literally posit that theory. You know, <laughs> I was like, okay, that would make sense. But um, but it's great. Like, see, this is all like meta commentary, meta comedy. Um, this show has so many layers and levels that it's going to make it like endlessly rewatchable. You know, I'm once again reminded of the show Watchmen in that like when they did that show, especially like listening to the behind the scenes that Craig Mazin did with Damon Lindelof about the making of the show. Lindelof would talk a lot about how modern TV show making, you can't, you can't really take your time with mysteries because the audience is too smart and the audience is talking to each other all the time. So you have to constantly be anticipating that they're going to guess your next step and not, not dawdle too much on revealing it and guess what people are going to read into each episode and what questions they're going to leave with it and wait for in the next episode. So this episode here just feels like more of, smart modern um television show writing that they are aware of the audience and how we're going yeah. to be asking these questions and they're they're trying yeah. to be preemptive that's a and, that's a yeah. really great point but grant are you feeling okay <laughs> Why? i mean because you just mentioned linda name and uh, reference and you and you 
reference the leftovers. So I was just, uh, I was like, that's like an easy <laughs> well, layup, but you just it, went right past it. It makes sense because uh, this show is building on what those guys really brought to the table and made popular, right? That yeah. that metatextual commentary that we got from leftovers, from Lost, from yeah. Watchmen. I mean, it's it's from happening. Watchmen, the comic was doing it, you know, back mm-hmm. then with Alan Moore. So I, yeah, I, I, listen. Even I'll say it. I think when you think about WandaVision in Westview and what happens there, it does remind me of Lost, right? Like if if you're looking for a, especially if we're looking at Vision who's dead, right? You know, you're, you're going, well, I don't know what's going on here and why are all these people together? And I, I mean, I'm curious, where do these people come from, right? When we think about the people in there, who are they? Why are they there? There's so many interesting, how does that relate to the blip? They are, I mean, yes, I have no idea how she got from that 70s show into this show. (laughs) I don't know. But um, you get there, right? From that 70s show. Yeah, Uh, I'm like, who's a smoke monster? Where's the hatch? Where's my Geronimo Jones soundtrack? Come on. I'm just saying, I think, I think they, again, what we're doing is we've been pulled into this era where you've got this mystery. And, you know, who doesn't love a good mystery, right? You sprinkle some breadcrumbs, you answer some other breadcrumbs, and then you sprinkle some more. And that that's that's the kind of storytelling I need in my life. So I'm I'm of course on board with this. Uh when they start identifying some of these characters, including what I have a screenshot of here of um the the Hearts, Mr. and Mrs. Hart, who uh came over for dinner in the first episode, uh the names that the real life names that they uh, ascribe to these characters are actually the names of the art directors for WandaVision. So I think that's a cute little Easter egg there, but I still think there's additional questions on, you know, what's going on with these people, whether or not they're um, in a way willing participants, they're being manipulated. Um, We're going to get to some questions on that in, well, let's, let's go ahead and discuss it right now because we saw what you said was a very chilling, creepy scene. Clyde. Don't show me. Don't show me. Don't show oh, me. Oh, you know I'm going to show you. Man. Should I show the spoiler? Is it too much? I'm going to put it up here. Boom. Ugh. You see Ugh. this haunted scene of, of dead vision. I'm going to have nightmares. The door. And that is definitely not an unbreakable head. Admittedly, vision is an android who was fused with an AI. Um, it was grafted with like an AI mind. And if you want to argue, there's intrinsically some level of, of soul that was imbued in him as well via the mind stone, I guess, potentially, but it's debatable whether or not in, in human terms, he dies, but for all intents and purposes, he died (laughs) at the end of infinity war. And so this is a, a, a weird glimpse of that. And the question then is, if she's weakened at burning him, she somehow grabbed his corpse and is playing puppet with it, is what she's imbuing with a personality into this corpse her? Is it still in a way him and she's able to kind of partition and put parts of, parts of her personality into him? And if it is her reanimating him, 
are all the neighbors dead? And she's brought a bunch of dead people back to life to kind of play puppet in this neighborhood. Is, right. Or is she, because she's seems like a, she's supposed to be a good person, right? Like a, a decent person, a hero. If she's taking alive people and forcing this upon them, that's kind of an evil thing. But if she's playing puppet with a bunch of dead people, it's mm. unethical. <laughs> how, how exciting would it be? If Wanda ends up being a true villain in mm-hmm. this, by the time we get to the end of this series, uh, because of her trauma and her selfish re- reasons, reasoning, she took over this town. She killed everyone and reanimated them, just like she is potentially reanimating Vision in a creepy way to suit her own emotional needs. That is a great villain origin story, right That's there. That's a great villain origin story, and I think what it does is. It brings us along for the ride and makes it a compelling villain. Because here's the thing about any any of these type of shows. As, as much as we want to see the hero be great, they're only as compelling as the villain is compelling. Right? And, and I think if you're talking about you're going to have a series where we look at, fall in love with, follow a character, and they become a villain especially a very good one. Oh man, sign me up. I think Wanda, even when we met her, she was a bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. She was a bad guy. She was, she's always been a morally complex character, mm-hmm. kind of an anti-hero with her journey to the light. And now she's, we know she can be dark. So she's dipping back into the dark. So I guess we're not going to see a, she's an evolving character, right? She's an evolving character. She's complex. You have an actor who can play this great range. So why not give her something meaty uh, to where she can be an anti-hero and can change back and forth depending on her emotional needs and motivations. Yeah. That psycho reviewer says she's supposed to be good, but it's in, in the arc that she's going to be an anti-hero or antagonist for them. I mean, yeah, in the comics, she's, mm-hmm. she's broken bad. She's been a, it's been a yeah. villain. Yeah. Uh, well, and a of times. I mean, and we know the MCU is gonna has been along has been around for over a decade, and the way they're running things are going to be around for a lot longer. So we can get these multi, you know, show film evolutions of these characters, where you know, for a good eight hour chunk of content, they can be dark, and then another four hour chunk of content, they're not. You know, they can evolve and change just like they did in the comics. Well, I I think you're 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 spot on, but what's What's interesting is that, so one, in the comics, or in some comics, she's the daughter of Magneto, which would mean that being a villain kind of runs in her blood. But I think more than that, when you think about how we've been introduced to these characters, right, especially from an Avenger standpoint, they are Avengers who you have just followed and loved for a very long time, right? When you think about, you know, Black Widow and Hawkeye and, you know, Iron Man, like you, you've got all these characters. Wanda, Scarlet Witch, is new. So if you were gonna break bad on somebody, you definitely want to do it with a new character, someone that you're not as invested. And when you think about the fact that by the time she came into our lives, it felt like there was 117 Avengers. So it's not like there was a small team and you're spending all this time focused on her. She came in as a villain. 
and then we've kind of get to see her do some cool things and some bit of a redemption story. But for her to go back to be a villain, that takes nothing. And you've built her up as maybe one of the most interesting villains in a very long time. I think it's, I, I love this theory. I, she's a sympathetic character mm-hmm. who's obviously undergoing some pretty dramatic um, uh, trauma, right? And how she's reacting to that is creating this kind of this really sad fictional world where she can live out this fantasy. But if she's doing it at the cost of um, playing puppet master to a bunch of other people, we've seen other villains that strip away someone's autonomy. You think of like a purple man, uh, David Tennant from, Mm. um, from what was that? Jessica Jones. Jones. And And Loki with a scepter. Yeah. When, when you kind of, uh, when you, when you strip away the motivation and you just look at the actions, we're coming into this show, assuming she's a good guy and we're rooting for her. But if they, if they turn this on, it's, it's ear in that way. That's going to be really clever. I don't know. I'm I'm rooting for that one now. Now that you guys have kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, um, Will Morris here says a deal has been struck and I think he's referring to the idea that at the end of this episode Wanda says to Vision, this is our home, inferring that I infer that they can't leave. They're stuck there. If she wants to be with Vision, she has to be in this in this false bubble, right? right? But who does she strike the deal with? I, I don't know a lot about Mephisto, but I know you brought him up. You know, yeah, once again, when we, I don't have a screenshot of the board, but when they were putting up all these names of these people on the board, you have, what's her actress's name? Catherine Hahn, who plays Agnes. You have mm-hmm. her up there, but as far as we can tell, we weren't told a name, proper name for her. And if they did find it out and kept it from us, that could be a clue. I would think that a lot of things right now are pointing to the idea that Agnes is Agatha Harkness, who would be this old lady who's a witch and a a villain of Scarlet Witch in the comics, who I'm I am not familiar with this storyline. I'm just going off of what other people have said. So if mm. I get something wrong here, I'm just going to go and say that up front. But I think the some of the idea was in a different storyline. Agatha Harkness worked alongside Mephisto, the the real life devil of of the MCU or the of Marvel, um, to kind of trap Wanda in a world where she would um, be able to give him a child. And we're seeing a little bit of clues of of uh, Agnes, Catherine Hahn's neighbor character, having a bit more awareness of what's going on. And, like she's sitting there, like talking to to Herb on the wall in the last ep- uh, against the wall in the last episode, and it, it felt like she might have more awareness of the situation. But Herb, I'm not sure if he does. He was about to say something. To vision like oh we're all and it's we're all dead was that what he's gonna say <laughs> what he was about to say yeah but it could be that she's the she's the uh, wild card there she's the other it factor who is in on this little experiment this deal with the devil that wanda makes to help her get over the trauma of losing her parents losing her brother and then losing the love of her life and not being able to properly cope with it Right. And I love that 
you're you're showing the uh, the image right now of Darcy trying to figure all this out, just like we are. Who are these characters? Right. Why why did we get some of their real names and some of them we didn't like Catherine Hahn's character? And again, I just want to bring up the experimental nature of this show that is really ringing so well with me. Like, mm-hmm. even though this episode was didn't give us the whole experimental sitcom world, which I was mm-hmm. kind of down on, uh, that we didn't get that. It still gave us this weird experiment where the main characters in this episode are us trying to trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. Fantastic. While watching a TV show and getting obsessed with it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm not really sure what else we we got a little hints of. um, I had the beekeeper here, which I I thought was interesting because we don't see what happens to this guy. Yeah. But I saw a theory that this guy gets incorporated into the world. And someone was like, doesn't this guy looking at his nose here, doesn't he look a lot like the uh, ice cream man in the next episode when it's the seventies? Is it possible he became, he got incorporated into the world and now he's just another actor, another player in her Truman show world here. We're going full Zapruder tape on this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back to her comparing the, the, we're kooky. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. This this is once again us with our our whiteboard. Um, we also okay. We also get the scene where Wanda breaks character. Yeah, and how that whole scene plays out. I I love that it's it's once again letterboxed in, and then when it shifts and she's clearly editing the output of the end product TV show that goes out to, to sword that her voice, her tone, everything just kind of drops. And you're right. Elizabeth Olsen can be very menacing when she wants. It was super intense. Yeah. She, she's extremely gifted. Um, Before this, she was doing some great dramatic work in some independent films. And when they brought her on as Scarlet Witch, in the MCU movies, yeah, she imbued the character with a, a little more depth that was than what was on the page, I think. Uh-huh. But it's great that she has this material now to work with uh, to really dive into the depths of this character and the and the darker depths of this character. It's great to watch. Also, um, I, it was a bummer that we didn't get to see a lot of Paul Bettany in this episode, but I love mm-hmm. seeing them both together. And I was just, you know, like when. Um, when Darcy's watching the sitcom and they're going to have a baby, she's like, Oh, like I'm so happy for them. That's how I felt in the first two uh, episodes because I was rooting for them in this fake sitcom world to get along with their neighbors and everything because one, because I, I just like the experiment, but two, because these two um, actors together are, have such a chemistry. And I was one of the people who a lot of my friends didn't said they didn't feel this, but they felt that the the love story between Wanda and Vision in the movies seemed a little rushed, but I fell for it. And it was really emotional when he passed away at the end of the uh, Endgame because I was really invested in them. Not because the writing was there, but because these two characters had such – these two actors had such a, a commitment to what they were doing. Uh, and it just felt real. And they're great together. I, I like them together. And I can buy it. But I did think, like, wow, it. 
I, I needed a little bit more to really feel that connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you, you know why that connection exists. Her powers are derived from the Mind Stone, and he operates off of the Mind Stone. So he immediately feels a connection to her and is drawn to her and has that connection like linked to being romantic with her. So I, I, you know, even if we're a little bit like unclear on the outside about like all the details of it, Mm -hmm. it makes sense technically that like Mm -hmm. they would be magnetically drawn to each other. Right. Um, This episode, we've only seen three episodes of WandaVision's WandaVision uh, TV show within the show. But if our group shows up a few days after this bubble has um, shown up or maybe even a week or so, are there lost episodes that we, we never got? (laughs) Yeah. There were references to, it seemed like there were references to episodes, episodes Mm -hmm. of, of the episode that we haven't seen. Right. Episodes of the WandaVision show. I I think Darcy says something like, why are we uh, rushing already? Like through the 50s, 60s and 70s. Is she just catering to me? Which I'm like, (laughs) once again, you know, breaking the fourth wall, catering to us, the audience here. But, um, yeah, it, it does seem that's another lingering question. Why is it kind of rushing through time going forward? Are we are we approaching modern storytelling eventually? And that is going to be a dangerous breaking point for for Wanda when things aren't necessarily so um, happy and fantastical and wacky with a stork walking around the house. <laughs> is it going to get yeah. a little bit more real? Soon? Yeah, it might be an allusion to her her tenu- tenuous grip on the reality, right? That would be it, interesting. It, yeah, it's slipping from her more and more, so it's catching up to modern day. Hmm. I don't know. It's I, interesting to see. You know, I just kind of thought at some point, when you think about things that happen in television, you have to speed up the timeline. Um, you know, like you you actually don't have someone who's pregnant for nine months that just doesn't really happen right and and we've always seen you know the most i think one of the most infamous you know transformation is when in boy meets world where the the daughter goes up into her bedroom and is there for like three seasons or something and then comes (laughs) down right right or roseanne where you know you move from Becky in one season to a new Becky in the next season, like that type of stuff happened. And so I think in this situation, like they're almost, you know, poking fun at the fact that you would be pregnant. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're having, you know, you're having the baby and up it's twins. Um, I think that's, that's par for the course in, in this kind of meta comedy that we're watching. For sure. Hey, Grant, there's yeah. a, Will Morris said that there's a pretty big leak out there for us to avoid it. Have you seen this leak? Uh, No. Okay, good. Me neither, Uh, Clyde? Nope. Okay. Don't know what it is, but yeah. um, Be careful out there, guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. Vigilance. There was uh, another reference to the... What was it called? The GMB... Do you guys remember? Oh, cosmic, uh, Cosmic Microwave Background Radiation is the radiation waves that are are radiating from this weird bubble that Wanda's made. And that is interesting because that's the, uh, the CMBR is where the fantastic four get their powers. And so we've, we've already been hinting 
that Fantastic Four is returning to the MCU, and we're not sure where and what inter- iteration. But some people are already speculating that does she cause that? Does she cause the Fantastic Four? Does she cause X Men? Wanda is freaking insanely powerful. If she seems to be channeling powers that mimic the um, mind stone in controlling people's mind, the reality stone. And if she's bringing back to life vision, maybe even the soul stone, I'm not sure what's going on with her powers here, but is she just like a human embodiment of, of the Thanos glove? Wow. Did you just say she was a glove? <laughs> you just said that she's a glove. No, <laughs> He's a girl, not a glove. Yeah, did did she like like follow Cap back in time when he was putting back the stones? And just, I'm gonna take these. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She off a little piece, right? <laughs> Took it with some water, washed it down. Yeah. Um. Oh wait, the leak confirmed a big rumor. We're getting more clues. We might find out what it is by the end of. I, this. I don't want to know what the leak is. <laughs> ah, the Quake cameo is real. Oh shit! Is that what it's gonna be? <laughs> um. Well, I guess as as we're kind of wrapping up here, do you guys have any other thoughts on this episode? Can't wait to see more. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we we get more of a back and forth between the, the sitcom world and the, the real world or the, the real world. Uh, I want to see that going forward. Not just because like I like spending time in one more than the other, but because now that we've been introduced or reintroduced to some of these other characters like Park and Darcy and Monica Rambo, I'm invested in them and I want to see them in every episode going forward. I want MDJ, that's Monica, Darcy, and Jimmy. I want them <laughs> to go back into Westview. And I mean, I definitely, I think Darcy and Jimmy in that bubble, hilarity ensues. It's going to be very funny. Hell yeah. Uh, Dennis McElwain uh, said a little bit ago, could Wanda have created this um, bubble with Franklin Richards, the son of uh, Reed and Sue Richards? So WandaVision will secretly lead to Fantastic Four. And then he says, ha, internet, I can come up with stupid theories too. <laughs> I don't know how this is working, but it maybe. That's a good one. I like that one. That's an awful one, Dennis. That's awful. What are you talking about? Oh, the psycho reviewer. The psycho reviewer says the leak shows that the Shrek no. animated universe and the MCU are connected. So yeah, damn it, I knew it. Yeah. Hey, I now. mean, I did see a donkey in in Westview. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, I I guess on that note, we can go ahead and wrap things up here for this episode. Want to once again thank everyone for tuning in to join us this week on the pod. And remind you guys, yeah, yeah. if you want to help us out, you can go ahead and uh, follow us over at MCU Pod on Twitter. You can follow our, or subscribe rather, to our YouTube channel and hit the notification buttons. You can subscribe to our podcast. We, we put this out as an audio podcast as well. If you want to listen to it in the car instead of having to look at our beautiful faces. I don't know why someone would do that, but that is an option. Um, another great way to help us out is is of course go to your podcast catcher give us that five star rating write a little review we'll even read it here on the show as long as it's not too profane <laughs> no, the more profane the better please makes me uncomfortable <laughs> I'll read but, it. but uh yeah we we've been growing this little venture and we appreciate you guys joining along with us 
as we've been able to just excitedly talk about the MCU. We know there's a lot of other people doing it too and taking giving their own takes, but it's so much fun and we appreciate you joining us and spending time with us. And you, Clyde, thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, Clyde, where can people find you? You can find me whoo, at Clyde Haynes, kind of on Twitter. You can also find me on the web at www.keyandclyde.com. That's K-E-I and Clyde.com. Right on. And uh, once again, he he is our co-host on Star Trek Discovery Pod. If you guys are watching that, you can check that out and join us over there. It's a lot of fun talking about all those shows. Mike, do you want anyone to follow you anywhere? Of course I do. I'm this close to a thousand followers <gasps> nice. on the Twitter at Mike Moody Garcia. I'd really appreciate it. Quality content. Uh, lots of pictures of my bird. Enjoy it. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you know, don't follow me, but you guys can stay tuned for next week. We'll be back here live once again at 9 PM central standard time. And until then we're out. Bye.